News Radio 840 WHAS. Good Sunday morning. Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, with you for another 30 minutes. Talk about real estate, questions about it. In the studio, my son Greg. You can reach him at Greg at WeSellLouisville.com. Good to see you there, Mom. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Also, here, Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys. You can reach Kevin anytime at 895 9900. And Randy Rocky, back by popular demand from Swan Financial 645. 0736. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. Hey, coming up a little later in the show, the number one reason to put your house on the market today, not next month or next year. We've got some interesting information. We're seeing it slow down in the market nationally. It could be affecting us. We think it is. We're looking at the numbers, and you may not have heard it on the media yet because they're slow to react on this type of thing. But I'm in the trenches, and Greg and I see this every day, and we see a bit of a slowdown. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep you up to date on that. And one more little thing. You know, I was wondering, I keep looking at my grass, and it's still green and looking good. I was wondering, when is the best time to water grass? Now, each of you have grass that yep. you... Okay. Take a guess. When is the best time to water it? Let's get a quick... Do I to go first? Mm, you go first. Let's see. Dusk. Okay. Dusk. Randy? Dawn. Yeah. Dawn. <laughs> I was going to say, I I, 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 go with the, I go early in the morning around 5 a.m. is when my grass gets Early warm. in the morning is the best time to water grass at sunrise. <laughs> when everything is cooler, you get the best watering absorption. If you water later in the day, particularly if it's a bright, warm, breezy day and the heat and the sun are forcing the wind moving along, it can rob your grass of uh, the precious hydration. If you get the job done at dawn, you're giving the water a greater H2O. chance, uh, giving it a greater chance to reach the roots and being fully utilized. So there you go. A little tip on when to water your grass. To the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekolder, Lula Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Bob. Yeah, Bob. I have some land for sale in Peewee Valley. I was just curious what I might be able to get for it if, if I divided it into two acre tracts. Would that be more attractive to a potential buyer for for an R one residential area? Should, should I have it surveyed by the count and approved by the county before I put it on the market, or should I put it on the market as is and then wait for potential buyers before have, having final surveys platted? All right. So I think what what I've heard is so Bob's got land. Let's say it's four acres, and he wants to sell it. But is it first of all he's asking me is it beneficial to cut it up Split into it two acre? Too, yeah. And I think the cost of, um, unless someone is specifically looking for a four-acre plot, which I don't see that many people. I mean, there may be, but I would tell you to go with two acres, split it into two. But then, Kevin, it comes to you from a legal standpoint, listing two and two. Should he have it subdivided officially first, or should he look for offers and then go to the co- I think he, he gets it done first. What are your well, thoughts? The old rule of thumb is it, it is worth more in most cases, in, in two separate tracks. But you have to go through the process. I would recommend talk to a surveyor first to get a minor subdivision plat because there's all types of restrictions. Um, I mentioned, was it Oldham County? Oldham Shelly? County, Oldham yeah. County. Yeah. Um, certain minimum for septic 
is one big issue, and uh, Jefferson's pretty strict on five acres. Other counties are a little bit different than that. Does the soil perk? Are there any other issues that perhaps would prevent subdivision? And you don't want to represent this on the MLS saying it's subject to subdivision, can be subdivided, and you find out when you're down through the process you can't do it. Yeah, because it will slow the process down to begin with. I mean, the buyers think, okay, I've got to wait to go through all this. Maybe I just don't even make an offer. So to say that this has already been perk tested, if that's what you're going to do, and then also have it subdivided and have all the the dots get ahead of the dot. Yeah. you yeah. got the state and the county highway department sometimes have a little bit of input into exactly where you can and how you can subdivide as well. Yeah, I agree with you completely. If you would like to see what the sellers are saying about us, simple. We've got a video channel on YouTube. Just head to LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. That's LouisvilleSellersTalk.com. And if you want to see what buyers are saying about us, Louisville Buyers Talk. Dot com. Back to the phones we go. Good morning, Bob Sekuller, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Ashley, and I'm a first-time home buyer. I don't have any money, so I was wondering, can I use, like, my credit card? Or can I borrow money from friends or parents? She sounds super excited. Yes, she does. Well, if someone was going to buy their first home, they usually are very excited. But if they don't have any money... Are there any recourse for them? You know, you know, it's it's amazing. Thirty nine percent of the millennial population believes you have to put twenty percent down, and uh, we're having home buyer seminars quite regularly at our office now. Uh, to answer your question, you can do zero money down, and you don't have to borrow from your friends. We do. Um, uh, you will literally bring no money to the table. You'll need a little bit for a home inspection and appraisal, about a thousand dollars. And um, uh, sincerely, call me or. And and I'll be glad to go over that with you. So, so some agents listening and some buyers listening may go, oh, that's got to be a come on. I mean, it just must it's too mm-hmm. good to be true is what it sounds like. Well, and and that's that's very well said, Bob. And but sincerely, we probably close uh, less than three percent or less down to zero. We probably close twenty five thirty loans a month. Wow. So okay. obviously it works, yeah. and the rates are great. Uh, private mortgage insurance is very little, and the payments make sense, and and people. If if you as you well know the break even is usually about two years. Mm-hmm. If you're going, to, uh, it's better to buy if you're not going to rent and leave Louisville within two years. And doesn't VA also pay in addition? Pretty much, it's more than 100 percent at times. It, no question. Yeah. Yes, VA is. That's a whole different. Yeah, yes, but it is definitely zero percent down there as well. So with no MI. All right. So actually, the number to call for rent to get more information to get more information six four five zero seven three six, and he will help you on that. To the phones again we go. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, the Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Doug. Yeah. All the neighbors around me have gotten new roofs, but the contractor and the uh, insurance uh, adjuster said I don't need one. If I sell my house, will the buyers ask me to put a new roof on since the other neighbors in my area have gotten a new roof? This is an interesting mm. question because why did they? Why, why did the other neighbors get well, a new roof? Is my first question. So hail damage storm. Yeah. Let's back up to what's happened, and I'm sure insurance uh, brokers are not going to be so happy with what I'm going to tell you. But the truth is that in 2008, 9, 10, 11, and 12, there were some hailstorms, especially 11 and 12, and then uh, the. The hailstorms really caused havoc with some of the roofs, and a lot of insurance companies got hit with a lot of expenses of having to replace because there was legitimate damage done to the roof. So 
what I have seen is that some insurance companies will err on the side of caution and say, no, there is no real problem with the roof. Others may tell you there is a problem and we'll replace it. But more on the first than the second. So I think what you, first of all, Doug, the first question is you call that an independent roofer and have them check with it. If, and I think you said you did, if they said you don't need it, I don't think you need it. If the roof is at the end of its life or nearing the end of its life, then it is very possible the buyer's inspector will write that up and then they're going to ask you to pay for a new roof. Now, there are ways to negotiate that down to uh, paying half, checking again with the insurance company, bringing them into it. But the bottom line is, um, I think from a standpoint, there's no legal recourse to go after an insurance company, right? Because they basically said if that he doesn't need a roof, there's no roof needed. Well, back in the period that you're talking about, we, we dealt with a number of claims in this area, and, and mm-hmm. some insurance companies uh, basically stepped up and took care of their insured, and uh, others um, kind of fought quite a bit. That's right. And so when you, when you have the same hailstorm in the same area and everybody else has a roof and this gentleman did not have a roof, I, I would think I would probably want to get someone else up there to take a look at it. Um, just because in that period of time, again, some of our local insurance companies did a great job, cost them a lot of money. Uh, other ones were suggesting half-roof replacements or, like you said, there's, Which there's is that is that legal? In the, I, I remember hearing something about roof repairs. They can't be, because of matching shingles, you can't do half of a roof because it, it, you can't guarantee the shingle match. In certain neighborhoods, maybe it's an HOA thing. or Yeah, and, and Kevin uh, might... Say something about this. What I understand a lot of insurance companies are doing now is if your roof is 10 years old now, they're prorating it down where they never did that before 2010, 11, and 12. So you need to check with your insurance agent to see, hey, are you even going to get a full replacement? Are you going to have to bring money to this? And you might want to... You might want to check with your neighbors, find out who their insurance company right. is, and then think about switching. <laughs> well, before, yeah. and I'll mention this thing, too. It comes up and just recently was in the office, is that there's databases insurance companies yes. have now. Yeah. They know where the hell is. They know who filed the claims. We have people that all the time, inspector comes up, there's a roof issue, seller doesn't know about it, buyer finds out, well, you got to check for ten grand. Oh, I forgot about that. Right. <laughs> if you took the check, uh-huh. you yeah. need yeah. to disclose I've it. Been, you, right. yeah. I've been... I've, been yeah. on the side on the buyer side of a sale of, of, when that of happened, where we oh, where we saw oh they they the seller apart. the oh, seller replaced the roof oh, because okay. they knew they were facing some other issues if they the, the computers talked to each yes, other now exactly so, yeah. exactly we found that out quickly very interesting we uh, receive a lot of emails and one of them uh, struck uh, uh, an interesting uh, question for me this is coming from Christina Randy she identified a house that was on the market and she says it was. Since it's Fannie Mae, so I presume that this was either a foreclosure, but it says, since this is Fannie Mae, does this mean I can't buy this home? I'm not a first-time home buyer. I saw this home and loved it right away. Is there anything that picks your mind now? One of our agents emailed her back, uh, Amy Hill, and said, uh, if you're a first-time home buyer, you could complete a course, attach your completion certificate to the offer, and qualify for 3% of your closing costs to be paid. If it's an as-is foreclosure, which is what I think we're talking about, uh, that is accepting multiple offers online, you 
may have a problem, and that may be because it might need a lot of work, and a bank may not finance Probably a home won't. that has a, needs a lot of work. Right. Yep. Fannie Mae has different restrictions. Some of them, they want a first-time home buyer. Or no, not really a first-time home buyer. I'm sorry. It has to be your primary residence. Yes. It can't be an investment. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep, yep. So outside of that, uh, really, I don't think there's a whole lot of restrictions. I just look at who's usually the highest big. You'll be surprised okay. how many first-time home buyers in those situations or primary residents have cash, and they can just yes. well, and, beat out anybody. And, and that's a problem <laughs> because if it needs a roof or it has flooring issues or yeah. settling issues or HVAC, a loan, a bank, mortgage company is not necessarily going to loan on it. Unless you do a 203K and yeah. you can do that, but that's... So that's an FHA 203K, which is right. a whole other story. But we'll talk about that at a future um, show about what is an FHA 203K and mm-hmm. who should take advantage of it. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sekolder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Pat. Yeah, Pat. I have a house that I want to sell... But on the same property is another cottage that has been used as a rental in the past. Can I sell the primary residence and lot with that rental building, or how do I deal with that? It's zoned R1 for residential. So let me me paint the picture. There's a house. Behind the house on the same land, there's another home or whatever you want to call it, rental unit. But it's only zoned uh, R1 for residential. So I know you're not um, proficient on this, Kev, I, but I figure as an attorney, would you... How Field would of expertise. You, would you, I've been doing this too He's long. very proficient. Yeah. So what would you suggest to, uh, to Pat? A uh, carriage house is, I guess, the term yeah. of art. And uh, a, the, one of the problems is you'll, you'll have it, you'll have a house on a septic, I'm not sure where the gentleman said this was. You'll have a carriage house, and there's certain rules that you can have a separate septic for a carriage house, which is all being resided by the same family, single family. But when you go to separate those off the county, if it's Jefferson, you still have to meet the same standards. The other issue that comes up sometimes, hey, I want to buy the house and rent out the carriage house, right. Airbnb. And there's all kinds of restrictions on that now that you have to sign up with the county. And that some people are following and some are not. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. again, there yeah. are computers. Um, <laughs> so they'll eventually catch it. And I'm not sure where the gentleman said it was. In other areas, it might be a little different. But, yeah, you, you can sell it. But sometimes you get into issues about what type of uh, requirements there are for septic, electrical, things of that nature. And I guess do you need to... Clarify in the listing that it's you're selling it as a separate carriage house. Do you have no, to? No, it's do on you one have, property. Right. So, say there's no rental lease agreement and it's unoccupied. Do you it, even have to discuss it? Well, the bigger concern is, do you put that in the listing because well, as added perceived value. A, yeah, but on the, on the other side, if it's uh, if it's rental and if it's not zoned, it could be create a problem for not only the new buyer but also. The seller and you're the selling something. Fannie and Freddie do not like that. Do not yeah. like that. No, so, no, yeah. no. Now, you can yeah. get it into agricultural loans we have that yeah. uh, that will take two houses, and there's some other di- different loans we have, but as far as a regular conventional loan, that's very difficult but, with two houses. So you're limiting the number of buyers that are going to be attracted that, to that's this right. particular house. That's so. right, because usually the interest rate is a little bit higher so and not as long-term. Do we agree bulldoze it down so that <laughs> – Or well, just it, leave it, it there? Did he say it was on septic? 
Did he uh, say? Because no, if it was on city sewer, then you know it could just be. You could yeah. turn into a garage. I mean, yeah, I mean, but you but could single do, family means if you're mother in law type quarter that you can put mom in law sure. out there. But actually, I think Greg has a good idea. Is just call it a garage or a um, workspace for um, gardening. Yeah, the main thing is caution that you say yeah. that if you advertise it that it's subject you can rent it exactly. for extra income, that yeah, right. would cause some That's concern. the problem. That's where yeah. you would yeah. say, yeah. I agree. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you. Anybody else to see it, yeah. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the number one reason to put your house on the market today. In the studio, we've got Randy Rocky with Swan Financial, 645-0736. Kevin Disler, Pitt & Frank Attorneys at 895-9900. Uh, you can reach Greg, Greg at WeSellLouisville.com, and you can call me anytime, 376-5483. Back in a moment on News Radio 840 WHAS. Pitt and Frank has long served your real estate closing needs throughout the Louisville and Southern Indiana area, including our newest location in Oldham County across from the Southeast Christian Church in Crestwood. But did you know that Pitt and Frank can assist you with your estate planning and long-term care needs? Don't leave your loved ones the burden of being unprepared. There are solutions available to protect assets and income as well as plan for your long-term care. Call us today at Pitt and Frank, 502-895-9900. That's 502-895-9900. Need a home loan or refinancing? You need to talk to Randy Rocky at Swan Financial. Why have they become so popular? Because of our programs, our service, and our competitive rates. And now listen to this new program from Swan Financial. Yes, we have a 1% down program that also you will get 2% grant money from the investor. Call Randy Rocky today at 866-766-1920. Swan Financial, NMLS 2473 and 26362. Equal housing opportunity. Call for additional cost information, other restrictions may apply. Shopping for a home? The place to start is REMAX Properties East. Experienced, caring, top-producing agents who service all of Louisville and surrounding areas. On your computer or on your smartphone, head to homesinlouisville.com and sign into one of the most advanced home search sites in the country. That's homesinlouisville.com. Residential or commercial real estate, let the award-winning agents at REMAX Properties East help. Take the first step in your house hunting journey. Visit homesinlouisville.com or call 425-6000 today. Whether investing in the best entrepreneurs on Shark Tank or hiring the best real estate agents at the Corcoran Group, doing my homework on them ahead of time was critical. So which agent do I recommend in your area? In Louisville, I would call Bob Sokoler. Bob outsells every agent in Louisville year after year and attracts thousands of buyers every month. That's why he can guarantee to sell your home at a price and a deadline you agreed to or Bob will buy it. Go to WeSellLouisville.com and get top dollar for your home. News Radio 840 WHAS. You can call me anytime. We can talk about the um, guaranteed sales program. We come out, we list, we agree on a price, then we list. So sell it, and you can cancel it anytime with the guaranteed sale program. And here in the studio, Randy Rocky, Swan Financial, 645-0736. Kevin Disler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Son Greg, Oop, Greg at WeSellLouisville.com, and you can reach me, Bob Sakola, anytime, 376-5483. Okay, number one reason to put your home on the market today, and it's not a very good reason from the standpoint on prices going up. 
We're seeing a downturn in home sales. The National Association of Realtors released the results of their latest uh, exiting home sales report, which revealed that the home sales declined 0.6% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 5.38 million in June. That, seasonally adjusted. That's down from 5.41 million in May and are 2.2% below a year ago. I know a lot of these statistics drive me nuts as well. But the bottom line is a national slowdown in sales is directly tied to the lack of inventory available for buyers who are out in the market right now looking for their dream homes. In fact, the inventory of some homes for sale has fallen off year over year. So what we're seeing is a reduction in sales based on the fact there aren't enough homes, but yet the prices are starting to drop a little bit. Keep that in mind. That may be a reason for you to move you off of a fence and think about getting it on the market now before prices may well, fall in the next year. Inter- interest rates as well, right? So rates go you're, up. You're so, seeing, yeah. We're almost seeing a naturalized balancing, right? So we saw this year it was inventory got tight, prices went up. At the yep. same time, interest rates are going up. Now, this, the, you know, this, it's coming back down to earth. Maybe prices will start going back down again because people are starting to get scared with interest rates. So we'll see. Right. We'll but see. we're seeing a balancing of the market. But it, we've had such a hot year so far Unbelievable. that uh, it, we're, it, we don't think it's going to continue as hot. Can so, anyway, How can Just it? so you know. No, how how can sway? It? Yeah, you never how? know. Back to the phones we go. Good, uh, good morning, Bob Sekoder, Louisville Real Estate Show, News Radio 840 WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Cheryl. Yeah. I have a question about what types of fees do I need to be aware of when buying my first home? All right. So let's, Randy, this is right up your alley. Let's start there. So we've got the down payment. Right. Right. Down, down payment if, or zero down. You can do all the above. Okay. So let's say earnest money deposit. So that's going to be 500 right there. Okay. And I mean, it could be more. Depending on the price of the home, it could be 1000 yeah, yeah. yeah. So let's get into a 150000 home real okay. quick. You have that's title fees. Uh, title insurance. Wait, before we get there, before okay. we get there, because she asked what type of fees. So let's let's call it a hundred and fifty thousand dollar home. So let's say you're inspection. putting a thousand down of good faith money. That will come back to you if, if it doesn't go forward through the inspection phase. Then the inspection four hundred bucks. Let's four say, or five hundred bucks. Average. If you have a basement, there's radon that's got to be tested. So let's say five hundred. So we're at fifteen hundred. So th- these are out of pocket. Then you appraisal. Then you go to the bank, and Randy says, "Okay, here are your costs," which are an appraisal appraisal cost. it's about 500 well and let's split it up to while we're at it so that 1500 out of pocket is before you're even getting to the appraisal hopefully because we want to get all that lined up we want the appraisal ordered but that kind of stuff comes at the closing correct that uh, all, no the, the, the appraisal, appraisal is up, paid up front up front so yeah. you're paying the appraisal but you don't go to the appraisal unless you're able to work through the inspections correct. and everybody agrees so then once that's done we go to the, you go to randy a bank, uh, you go get an appraisal done, and then what other fees are involved? And usually, there we don't have an underwriting fee. Certain situations, we might if, anyways. But it, it depends on the scenario. What would an but appraisal on one hundred fifty thousand cost? About up five hundred. Okay, so we're at two, if you're if we're keeping track, right around two grand right now as the out of your pocket, out of your pocket yeah. before we get to. And then you get your title fees. What do you think, Kevin? Owner's title and lender's title in closing. How much on one hundred fifty thousand? Mm. I'm thinking eleven hundred. Am I wrong? Well, you have escrow and disbursement fees about four or five hundred dollars usually. The title insurance is based on the value of the property. You said one fifty. What's about fifteen hundred? Maybe you get some taxes in there. Yeah, and these are things that can be can be asked now. At this point, these are things that usually go on the closing statement. Where I was going after, where you can ask 
ask the seller to pay some sort of concession or contributions towards these fees. But the other, the two grand that we were talking yeah, about before, is up front. Out of your is up front you're coming yeah. out of your and pocket. So yeah. from a word of caution, so let's say I don't have the two grand. We had a caller earlier in the show who yeah, had no, no money. money. Well, she said so, she could borrow from her parents. Right. Family. So if she <laughs> borrowed, and that's legal, she can borrow money Absolutely. and you won't hold it against anybody if they borrow money for the things like... Uh, inspection and they have to get it as a gift. It has to be written in a gift yes. letter that it's a gift. That is correct. Right. And right. so, at the end of the day, with title and everything, outside of the fifteen hundred to two thousand upfront, you're you're wanting to look at about for escrow because you escrow your tax and insurance. Yep. So you're looking at about two percent of the uh, of, of the purchase price. So you're looking at about three grand. Th- yeah. Thirty-two hundred, and it's very typical in this market where we see a lot of the times, depending on multiple bids and how competitive, that the buyer will ask the seller to pay some sort of contribution to cover those types of fees. That is correct. All right, I think we got that handled. If you need to find an agent to, to buy or sell a home, we've made it easy for you. Go to LouisvilleAgent.com. That's LouisvilleAgent.com. Back to the phones. Good morning, Bob Sekoler, Louisville Real Estate Show News Radio eight forty WHAS. Hello. Hi, Bob. This is Paula. Yeah. Um, can you explain to me why I have to pay closing costs when I'm not taking out a loan on my house and I'm actually the seller? Okay, I think I got that. So here's a case. Obviously, you're listening to us, Paula. We appreciate that. So here's a case where the buyers have asked you, the seller, to pay for their closing, closing costs. costs. Yes, And absolutely. it comes down to the fact that the buyer's Typically, in this day and age, a lot of buyers don't have money in their reserves and no, their savings. And she said the key word there, do I have to? And you don't. And you don't. But depending on the inventory, your market, and your offers, competitiveness. Yeah. So let us let us um, be very clear about this. You can ask. Let's take a scenario. So let's say your house is listed at 200000 You get a uh, an offer of one ninety, and that was fine. You were fine, but they were asking you to pay five thousand off of that, which means your net is now one eighty five. Mm-hmm. The way you could do this is you go back and say, "No, my price is one ninety five," right. and that's all you'd say. And they're basically rolling their request for five thousand into the loan because they'll get a net check at one ninety. Yep. Yes, and even if even if the buyers did not ask for closing costs, the sellers still incur costs to close out yeah. on the seller side, even if the regardless for, for right. the title yeah. attorney and all that kind all of right. stuff. All right, so let me move on because we've got a warning out uh, today for anyone who sells their home and is paid in cash. Guys, <laughs> listen to, carefully to Remax Properties East managing broker Kathy Pfeiffer and a recent call she received. I got a call from a lady uh, about a week ago that purchased a house cash in 2010, and she closed on October 15th. At the closing, she says that she remembers asking the title company about the taxes for 2010 and was told that they were paid for 2010. From 2011 through 2017, she paid her tax bill every year, but in 2010, apparently they weren't paid, and so someone paid the taxes for 2010 and bought in Kentucky what is called a tax certificate, which entitles them to 12% interest a year until the taxes are paid back, uh, or the amount they paid is paid back, and after so many years, they can actually foreclose on the house, which they are doing to this lady. They have started foreclosure proceedings over a nine thousand nine hundred and eighty some dollar tax bill, and that includes the interest. So it's it's a pretty devastating. She's in a bad spot. She's retired, and also on disability, so she can't really get a loan. So she's trying to figure out what her options are. So how do you protect yourself 
from this type of thing happening, Kevin? Title insurance. Um, owner's I, title. Know, owner's mm-hmm. title. She has an owner's title policy. She needs to contact them to take care of the situation for what happens in a cash transaction quite often. I think they mentioned October was closing here. Usually November one, the tax bills come out. We always try to tell people at the closing table, typically here in Kentucky, the seller is going to give you a credit from January one through date of closing, but it's the buyer's responsibility to pay the tax bill for the calendar year. In this case, the tax bill went to whoever owned it January one, which was a the seller. They probably put in a trash can. The lady didn't pay it. The county's not going to remind you. Then whoever pays a tax bill, which are usually some of my colleagues, they're usually attorneys, not only do they get the 12%, but when they file the action, they get three or four grand in the way of attorney oh, fees. Man. Mm-hmm. So get the title insurance from whoever closed the transaction. At the time that you buy the house, because it's really correct. too late for her because wow. she correct. sold the house. Wow. So that is a really So would good. owner's title cover that? Well, they will probably on go the back because the their agent wrote that policy and – you know, if their agent didn't do a good enough job explaining that, it may come back to them. I, I don't know the situation. I, I, I really want you to emphasize on a cash transaction how important owner's title is. There I really had a is. very well, dear friend. We'll talk about this on another show yeah. because okay. this is a really an important point. But we are out of time, you guys. My thanks to Kevin <laughs> Dissler, Pitt and Frank Attorneys, 895-9900. Also, we've got Randy Rocky, Swan Financial at 645 0736. You can reach my son Greg at Greg at WeSellLouisville.com. Yes, sir. And you can reach me anytime by phone, 376 5483. If you want to see some of the stuff we're doing with photography these days, amazing. Go to Louisville3D.com. Or at WeSellLouisville on Instagram. Or at WeSellLouisville on Instagram. <laughs> see you next Sunday on News Radio 840 WHAS. <laughs>